Hello, my name is Mark Burns. I was born March 31st, 1936 in Kingman, Arizona. I'm going to uh, attempt to give you a little history on the Burns family as I know know it over gathering information for, through the years, through different relatives, through different censuses I have found, through my own personal experiences. Some of it I'll just be talking from memory. Some of it I'm going to be reading from things. So it none of this is going to be real professional, so please bear with me and let's try to have a little bit of fun learning about the Burns family. Our part of the Burns family, as we know it, started with William R. Burns and Martha James Burns, who was my great-great-grandfather and great-great-grandmother. William R. Burns was born in 1788, probably in South Carolina, although some records say North Carolina. It seems like that a lot of people didn't really like to give all this information to the census takers way back then, so they would have a little fun with them. Sometimes they would give different states where they were born in. So I think this may be why we have some reports that William R. Burns was born in South Carolina, some reports he was born in North Carolina. He died then in McDonald County, Missouri in 1858, and he's buried in the May Cemetery, which is about three miles west of Tiff City, Missouri. It's right up above Buffalo Creek. There's no town left there now. But the cemetery can still be gone to. It's on private land, and evidently his headstone is there, still there. I have not seen this as I only got this information about he and his wife Martha being buried there about two years ago. By the way, the date right now is September 21st, 2008. Martha James Burns was born around 1800, and she died in 1875, and she's also buried in the May Cemetery next to her husband, William R. Don't know a whole lot about these two people. We do know that William R. Burns fought in the War of 1812. He supposedly served under Jackson. After they were married, they moved with their family of five children to Monroe County, Tennessee. In 1829, William took his family to Carroll County, Georgia. Later on, the rich farmland of the West called, and in August of 1841, they traveled for Missouri, to Missouri looking for good farmland. They found what they wanted in what was then known as Newton County, and they settled in Buffalo Township. The county later divided, putting their farm in McDonald County. A lot of his family, sons and daughters, traveled west with William and Martha and settled in this community. Buffalo Township is a very important part of our family here because it was on Buffalo Creek. 
That stretch of Buffalo Creek, three miles east of Tiff City, from there down to the three miles to Tiff City, for the next 105 years played a very important role in the Burns family because we always lived very close to it. William and Martha had several children and I have a little bit of information on each one of them so I'll try to give you some of that now. We have as their first child was Emmons F. Burns and he was born in Monroe County, Tennessee on November 28, 1819. And he was the oldest one of the children that came with his father to Missouri. There's a lot of good information on Emmons in the history of Newton and McDonald County, 1888 by Goodspeed, which is a book I happen to have. Emmons, it sounds like, was quite an interesting man and quite an important figure in the county. Uh, it is said that in 1849, he joined the gold rush, went to California, and this was after, in 1843, he had married Henrietta Jane Beeman. And Jane Beeman was the daughter of James Beeman, who was a very early pioneer to McDonald County. The first settlers that we know of in McDonald County were in the 1830s, so the Burnses were very early to the county. It uh, it seems like that there was a lot of disputes over land as some people would settle on the land and they I don't know they had some way of claiming the land maybe just by being on it maybe by building a cabin and farming so many acres I they probably cleared some of this some of it maybe didn't have to be cleared someone else might go to the county or the state and file claim to that very land and so there would be a dispute over who owned it. Sometimes those disputes were settled in court, sometimes they were settled outside of court and uh, that was usually had somebody dying when they were settled outside of court. Anyway, it stated that Emmons in 1849 went to California to the gold rush. He was uh, supposedly up around Eureka, California, had a partner in a gold mine there. They made a little money, but it seemed like the gold uh, the, the gold had ran out. So Emmons came, came back to Missouri, sold his share in the gold mine for 50 cents, and supposedly it became a very rich mine afterward. It seems like any relative that we found back in those times... It seems like they all tell a story of them all coming to California to the gold rush. Whether they all did or not, who knows. But it makes for a good story. His younger brother John, who is our ancestor, supposedly also went to California to the gold rush. After Emmons came back, he uh, continued raising his family. And then when the Civil War started, he and his younger brother John and possibly 
their younger brother William also served in the army of the confederacy there were several of their other uh, relatives from that area who also served from there we have some of Ammon's family has records that says that he became a captain right off the bat and went to Wilson Creek in Tennessee now the battle of Wilson Creek was just outside of Springfield Missouri and we I have personally been there and I have found the records of where Emmons was there he was a first lieutenant and he he was there at the battle of Wilson Creek and fought for the confederacy there John was also there and fought for the confederacy there was some of our Weems relatives also there John evidently was wounded there in that battle. Ammon's younger sister was named Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was born in 1821, and she married a gentleman by the name of Hugh John McRae. Now, we don't know much about Elizabeth, but I'm pretty sure it was Elizabeth that when my grandfather Dennis was going to school in Neosho, Missouri, and his father John died at that time, Elizabeth McRae or Betsy McRae sent a bill to the estate of John Burns for X amount of dollars for the room and board for Dennis Burns who she was who she was providing for while he went to school in Neosho. There's also note in Goodspeeds that when William and Emmons Farms were burned out because the Confed the Union Army thought that they were stealing horses for the Confederacy, that the whole family all had to move to Betsy Ray's house, and I think they mean Betsy MacRae. And there were more than fifty of the Burns family living there at one time. This would have been during the Civil War period. This They were all right on the border between the North and the South. Some of the people from that area were fighting for the North. Some of them were fighting for the Confederacy. It made for very rough times. There were a lot of killings. There were a lot of murders. There were a lot of tortures. There was just a whole lot of bad going on there. There's one interesting note, if somebody ever got interested in this and wanted to look it up, this Hugh John McRae that Elizabeth married, one her a couple of her sisters moved to Northern California, and I'll go over that in just a minute. And evidently, there was a Hugh Burns that was somewhere in that line. Now, I believe in the state of California, we used to have a senator, a congressman from Northern California named Hugh Burns. I just wonder if he is related to us. I'll um, I'll touch on this. I Well, I'll, I'll tell a little story about that now because about 10 years ago, well, when when I first tried to find 
any more records of Emmons family being back in that area. I completely lost track of them by the year 1900. About 10 years ago, we were made contact with a distant cousin by the name of Scott Burns, who was a descendant of Emmons Burns, and thus a descendant of William R. Burns. By talking to Scott and his brother, Brett, who lives in Grass Valley, where a lot of other Burnses live, I was able to find out that there are all kinds of Burns relatives in Northern California. What happened in probably in the 1880s, maybe early 1880s, one of the, one of Emmons' sons went to Idaho, went I believe to Nampa, right out, right, which would be just a little bit west of Boise. He while he was there, he discovered gold and evidently he was doing pretty well and at some point he came back I guess a lot of the families were badly in debt because of their farms being destroyed during the Civil War and they were still in debt trying to get these farms back in shape he paid off everybody's debt and the whole family with the exception of Emmons moved to Idaho at that time even there's another William Burns who was Emmon and John's brother who evidently is the youngest son of William R. He moved to Idaho with them and I believe he died there around 1925. At some point in time around 1900 a little after the gold must have run out and the Burnses started migrating down into Northern California around Yuba City around Red Bluff and it it just seems like we have just a whole passel of Burns relatives in Northern California. I was told that I do know at one time, I don't know if they're still around or not, but there used to be some big truck stop gas stations up around the Red Bluff area called Burns Brothers Gas. They were supposedly some of our relatives also. Then John Burns, who was our ancestor, was Elizabeth's younger brother, and he was born February 15, 1824, in Tennessee. He died December 23, 1886, in Stella, Missouri, which is in Newton County. He married Martha Caroline Weems. Their marriage was in 1857. Now this is, uh, the, the Weems family had a very interesting history and we do have them traced away back and to the Weems Castle in Scotland which they still inhabit. Um, so they were married and they had children and now like I said this is our ancestor John and Martha Caroline were my great-grandmother and grandfather. Their children's names were Mary Burns, Emma Burns, Helen Burns, William Burns, and Dennis Burns, who is an, the ancestor that we're related to. They also had several children 
who died at birth. Now John and Martha are both buried at Macedonia Cemetery, which is right outside of Stella, Missouri. Along with them, and as I'm trying to find some record of this right now, and hopefully I can, and I believe I just have, okay, this, this is a complete list of the children of John Burns and Martha Caroline Weems. Martha Caroline was born the 30th of December in 1833 in Arkansas, evidently when they were on their way from Georgia to Missouri. She was the daughter of Jones Weems and Bethany Mathena Pogue. Their first child was an E. Burns and evidently either died at birth, well no, it didn't die at birth, it was their child was born January 1858 and died in September of 1858. The first one of their children that's buried there next to them. Then there's an infant Burns that was also around 1858. Some of these headstones and some of the records are very hard to read. I have been to Macedonia, Macedonia Cemetery and seen these grave sites. Then Mary C. Burns was next born on 30th October 1859. And this was all in Stella, Missouri. All these children were born in Stella, Missouri. She died. She married William Salem Darnell and died in 1914 in Tiff City. Their family plays a big part in our family, as you will later learn here. Emma Burns was next, and she married James Thomas Parham. She was born March 4, 1861, and she died the 26th of December, 1934. And she's buried in the Cummings Cemetery in Tiff City, Missouri. And that's where my grandfather Dennis and grandmother Emily Victoria are married. Buried. The next in line came Martha Helen, who I've always heard known as Helen Burns. And she was born the 8th of December, 1862. She died very young, the 29th of March, 1895. And she is also buried at Macedonia Cemetery. She had married John A. Hazel. The marriage was after 1880 and probably in Newton County, Missouri. Later information that I have that John Hazel died in 1905. I know for sure they had a son named Aiden, who would have been my father's first cousin, and my father and Aiden were very close, and Aiden used to visit our house all the time. They, he and my father and older brother, and even me once or twice, used to play penny ante poker together. With, I'm pretty sure... Aiden had a younger brother named Leslie. Aiden moved to Portland, Oregon, 
and had a very nice restaurant there and I would guess that I know he had sons and that I would not be surprised if some of them are not still there in Portland but maybe not then along came William Jones Burns William was not quite right and uh, I he, he was not able to take care of himself he was born in the 10th of March 1865 he is I, I do know that he lived with my grandfather Dennis and my grandmother Emily Victoria they had a room for him in their house and I do know this was in Tiff City and he is buried in the coming cemetery in Tiff City Missouri then John and Martha Caroline had an infant boy who was born around 1866. He died in October of 1866. And this is a little, the information here is a little sketchy. Then my grandfather Dennis Burns was born, and he was born on the 17th of November, 1867. He died the 3rd of January, 1939. And it says that he died in Joplin, Missouri, and that may very well be. He may have been in the hospital. I, I have just very vague remembrances of when he died. So those are all the children. No, here we have others. I'm sorry. We, we have other children. We have an M.B. Burns, died in 1869. Uh, okay, was born 10th of April, 1869, died the 5th of August, 1869. Then infant boy Burns, born and died in 1872. And then Ann Burns, born in 1875 and died 7th of January, 1878. I, I have in my records the, uh, the estate sale of John Burns. And it's quite interesting if someone would ever care to see it. It lists all the, the household items and the farm items. I, I believe William R. and Emmons and John all had several hundred acres adjoining each other when John died he had he had several hundred acres and I think it was split among his his living children John's younger brother was named Martin we know nothing about him except he was born approximately a year after John was born now whether he died as an infant or at birth we don't really know. We don't have any records of him at all that I know of. After Martin came Phoebe Burns, and she was born May 10, 1828, in McKinn County, Tennessee. She died April 27, April 22, 1905, in Paynes Creek, Cahama County, California. Uh, well see if we can't get a little bit more let's see on Phoebe okay she married a gentleman by the name of David Glenn Anderson 
who was born in 1812 in Davies, Kentucky. He's buried in the Oak Hill Cemetery in Red Bluff, California. Phoebe and he married 10th of August in 1854 at Sugar Fork, McDonald County, Missouri. Phoebe is also buried in that same area in Northern California, I believe. Their children were Elizabeth Jane Anderson, who married a Conrad, Martha Nevada Anderson, who married an Iker, Mary Anderson, who married Walter Conrad, and then there was Jesse Glenn Anderson, who married one of Emmons grandsons, William Frank Burns, in they got married September the second, nineteen oh five, in Tehama, California. Phoebe died at her home at Sugar Fork. No, I'm sorry, got that wrong. She, they moved to California in 1859, resided for a year in Honey Lake Valley, Lassen County, California, before moving to Paynes Creek in January 1861. They lived in Tehama County until October 1884 when her husband, David G., died. Next in line was Martha Burns, and she married Nathaniel Bain McRae, and he also, I believe, came from Georgia with him, and I just wonder if he's not also a brother to Hugh McRae, who Elizabeth married. I don't know that to be a fact, but wonder about that, because a lot of brothers and sisters married each other back then. A lot of brothers married somebody else's sister and so forth. Okay, their children were John Fletcher McRae, born in 1852 in McDonald County, William Ross McRae, 1854 in McDonald County, Martha McRae, 1858 in Missouri, Oscar Aaron McRae, in 1860 in McDonald County, Felix Albert McRae, 1863, McDonald County, and Margaret Elizabeth McRae, 1866, McDonald County, and Caroline McRae, 1869, McDonald County. In 1880, they were in Red Bluff, Tehama County. So leaving us to come to the conclusion that they moved to California sometime after Caroline was born in 1869. Then the youngest of the William R. and Martha's family was William. Now William, I I do at some point in time have where somewhere in time somewhere in place have his wife's name. He was born the ninth of August, eighteen thirty-eight, in Carroll County, Georgia, 
and he died in 1924 in Nampha, Idaho. I I knew I I do know I have his wife's name and one of his one or two of his children's names someplace, but I don't have them available right now. Which sort of brings us up now. We'll go we'll go back to John Burns, and it would seem like he he was a very important part of the community. With the Weems family, were who he had married Martha Caroline Weems were were a very strong part of the community. They had a, a lot of the Weems were either doctors or teachers. Some ministers also in the Weems family. Some of Ammon's childrens were ministers. But at this point in time, let's let's go to John's youngest son, Dennis. Dennis married Emily Victoria Darnell. I believe they married probably right after his father, John, died. Just how much land all of the kids and all of John's children inherited, I'm not really sure, but there are some records. There's a book from Tiff City that talks about some of the the farmland that was once owned by John Burns and Dennis Burns. But at some time, probably around 1900, 1900, I think Dennis traded his farmland that he had further up, probably three miles up in Buffalo Township for a general store and a farm right out of Tiff City, right across the street in Oklahoma. Now, from that point on till around 1940, so for around 40 years, Dennis and Emily Victoria owned the general store. They owned a feed store. They owned a trucking company, which consisted, as far as I know, of two two and a half ton trucks. And they owned 120 acres of what I have heard described as very good bottomland down on Buffalo Creek over in the state of Oklahoma. The general stores in those days carried everything. I can remember when I was a little kid, we there was a big warehouse back behind the store that my grandfather stored a lot of his stuff in. I played in that as a little kid, and I can remember coffins in there and many other miscellaneous items. I can remember old candy jars with Indian head pennies in them. Just many, many different things. During that time, they traded with a lot of the Indians over in, I don't know if that was still Oklahoma Territory then. I'm not really, don't have my date straight on when Missouri became a a state. I mean, Oklahoma became a state. But during that period of time, there there was a lot of trade with the indians they they bought furs from the indians there was just a lot of things like that going on so then dennis and emily victoria started their family 
and they might they may have even had this store before 1900 because actually as I look when their children started be being born Zillah was the oldest and she was born December 2nd 1881 in Tiff City then came Hannah the next year and then my father, Manoa E. Burns, and everyone will ask, what did the E stand for? It didn't stand for anything. It was just the initial E. It was born in 1895. Then his brother, Dennis Burns, was born May 24th, 1898. Then they had a brother named Jethro that was born in 1900. And Jethro died when he was about 12 years old. After that, my grandmother had triplets who were born dead. And I, they never had names, to, my, to the best of my knowledge. Now, Jethro and those triplets are all buried in the coming cemetery along with my grandmother and grandfather. All of their children were born in Tiff City. So it's interesting to note here that Dennis Burns married Emily Victoria Darnell, who was William Salem Darnell's sister. William Salem Darnell married Mary Burns, who was Dennis Burns' older sister. So it made my father and all of Mary and Salem's children double cousins there has there was always a lot of talk that I can remember in the Burns family that my mother Emily Victoria was one quarter Cherokee Indian they they came to um, they came to Missouri the Darnells came to Missouri from Georgia I believe it if Emily I have was born in 1868 and I believe it must have been in 72-73 that they came to Missouri they say that she tells the story of when she was a little girl and they were in a, in a wagon train coming from Georgia to Missouri they'd made camp and had dinner going and two men rode up on horseback and asked if it would be possible for them to get some food. My uh, great-grandfather Miles Darnell told him, of course it would be, come on and sit down and we'll serve you. The men left, they offered to pay for their meal, and that was turned down. They were they were told that it was they didn't have to pay. And so they rode on, thanked them, and rode on. After they had left, Emily Victoria's father, Miles, ask everybody in the camp they he said do you know who those two gentlemen were nobody knew and he said that was frank and jesse james so that's one of the stories that comes from our family <laughs> who knows the timing is right i believe so it could have been my aunt zilla who was born in 1891 married grover warren Grover went to Montana sometime probably in the 1920s and homesteaded a section of land. At some point in 
time he came back to Missouri, married my Aunt Zilla, and she went to Montana with him where they homesteaded another section of land. They raised wheat. They would they had built a cabin on each section of land and would live in each section for six months out of the year. At some time, probably around 1940, they leased that land to their ranch foreman and moved back to Oklahoma where they opened, where they uh, bought a farm. And uh, I'll touch on that a little bit later. And Zillan Grover, my Aunt Zillan and Uncle Grover, did not have any children. Then my Aunt Hannah, who was a year younger than Aunt Zilla, married a gentleman by the name of Roy Matthews, and he was a fruit and vegetable broker from Payette, Idaho. And she lived there with him, and I believe they were married for 19 years when he died, and she brought him back to the coming cemetery in Tiff City to be buried, where I have a letter that she wrote at that time. It's a very beautiful letter. My Aunt Hannah was a beautiful writer, and uh, she uh, she brought him back to be buried there in the coming cemetery where he had asked to be buried. They also had no children. Then along came my dad, and my dad, had, he married Marjorie, Marjorie Remilta Davidson Burns. And that was in 1924, I believe. And they had three children. My older brother, David Michael, known as Mike. My older sister, Mita Marianne, known as Marianne. And Mark Daniel, known as Mark. We all grew up our early years there in Tiff City, Missouri. But first, I'll I'll talk about my dad a little bit. When uh, I I think it was along toward the end. Uh, well, now I do know this. My my I want to go back a little bit because my grandfather Dennis and I'm sure Emily Victoria also believe very strongly in education. They wanted very badly for their children to get as good as ed- education as they could get, and in that area. I believe all that was available was elementary schools. So they bought a house in Neosho, which was about 25 miles north of Tiff City. And I've, I've never heard that they put a housekeeper in it, but I would guess they probably put a housekeeper there. And all of, well, his three, Zilla, Hannah, and Denny, all went to school there in Neosho for high school. I have pictures in a Neosho book, a history of Neosho, of my Aunt Hannah and my Uncle Denny that were on basketball teams there. I do know from some of the records that I have that my father went to probably one semester of school up in Fairview, Missouri, which was a little ways from Neosho. From one picture that I have, or two pictures that I have, I think he may have been on the football team up there. Don't know about that for sure. That would have been in 1910. I do know, I I, I don't really know then what my father did from around 1910 until 1918, 1919, but 
I do know by then, by toward the end of World War One, he was in the Navy. We have a real good letter that he wrote home to his parents, describing everything he was doing. He was out at out at sea on what was called a minesweeper. His job was to stand up on the bow of the ship, and they were in the North Sea off of Scotland. And I guess the the Germans had come through there and dropped a lot of bombs in the sea so that ships would hit them if they were going through the channels. His job was to spot those mines and to shoot them with a rifle that he had. And uh, would have been quite an interesting job, I guess, if you had missed seeing one and you ran into it with your ship, why, it would have sort of got you instead of you getting it. Anyway, that must have been an interesting... He seemed to... Um, he seemed to enjoy it, and I know there are some good pictures of him in Scottish, in full Scottish dress and everything, which of course we are of Scottish ancestry. Then I know shortly after that, my mother, when when he came, I don't know just exactly when he got out of the service, but then my mother, I believe, had moved to Tiff City or did move there shortly after that, and they got married around in 1924. Evidently, they did quite a bit of moving around from, uh, well, I know my brother Mike was born there in 1926 and of some interest to me always have been a I found a letter in my parents belongings where they had received a letter of congratulations from my dad's cousin a Dr. David Weems on congratulating them on my older brother's birth and that letter was from Fresno California in 1926 I've just scratched the surface trying to find any sign of any weems here, but I've I've never been able to find anything. After that, we moved around to a few different places, and I I can name a couple of them, and I'm not sure if I'll get them all, but I'm going to try. We were still living in. Tiff City when my sister Marianne was born in 1931. Now, I was born in Kingman, Arizona on March 31st, 1936. And after that, I do know that we lived in Hood River, Oregon. We lived in Myrtle Creek, Oregon. We lived in Portland, Oregon. And we lived in Peyton, Payette, Idaho. Now, there are two things that strike me about Payette, Idaho. I know my Aunt Hannah and Uncle Roy, that was their base for their produce company. And I also know that's very close to Nampha, Idaho, where Elman's children had gone when they discovered gold in the late 1800s. I, I, I would be very surprised if that's just a coincidence that... Uh, those things happened just by accident that we ended up in Payette, Idaho. I'm going to talk about my first remembrances for a little while, and then, but as I do this, I'm going to bring in some remembering about some aunt and uncles and kind of just a little bit about what they did. 
when I was very young, the first thing I really remember is we used to have a radio and at night after all the work was done all we had was coal oil lamps in in the first house I lived in we didn't have any electricity so we had coal oil lamps and but we would listen to the radio at night I remember there was a program called The Shadow and there was Dick Tracy and there was Jack Doc and Reggie and there there were other programs too I know but I I can't remember what they were I also remember sitting on the front porch and listening to my father play the violin or may or the fiddle which <laughs> I don't know if he fiddled or if it was the violin I and he sang he had a very beautiful singing voice and I do know that he sang in quartets in the area at that time. I suppose one of my first remembrances would be my grandfather's birthday before he died. So this would have been in January, just before I was three years old. And I remember him being in his suit down in front of his store, and me giving him a spanking for his birthday. My grandfather always wore a suit and tie and hat to go to work with. That, that was his attire for the day. Then I remember my grandfather's funeral with, uh, with a lot of emotion. It was pretty scary for me because I, I was just a little kid and I guess I got sleepy. In those days, they, they would keep the casket with the with the body in it at the home at at someone's home and in this case it was at my grandmother's home the day of the funeral i can remember getting tired and my mother taking me in and putting me down laying me down to take a nap on my grandmother's bed which was right off of the main room I thought it was kind of funny when I laid down that there were several folding chairs set up in there. But I fell asleep, and when I woke up, I heard a very strange sound, and I opened my eyes to see a lot of older women dressed in black and all crying very hysterically. It seemed to me hysterically anyway. About scared me to death. So I think I joined them in the crying, and pretty soon my Aunt Hannah came and got me. And I remember this so nice, because I've always thought my Aunt Hannah handled this so well. She calmed me down. She took me to the casket where my grandfather was, and showed me my grandfather, and told me how he was sleeping there, but how he had joined God up in heaven. And it whatever she told me whatever she said soothed me down very much because i be very became very calm about it and everything was very acceptable to me so since i've started talking about my aunt hannah a little bit i'll tell a little bit more about her after my uncle roy died of course i wasn't around then i think he may have died the year i was born maybe even just before i was born but my first remembrance of Aunt Hannah is she lived in in Kansas City, Missouri, where she owned a small oil refinery. She never remarried, and she used to write me letters 
and to try to help me learn my lettering and how to write better. As I think I mentioned earlier, my Aunt Hannah was quite a writer and wanted to be a writer at one time. In fact, she had entered a writing contest that she took second place in, and the winner of that contest was Zane Gray. Uh, my Aunt Hannah always was very kind to me. She she seemed she was a, a tall, red-haired woman. And I remember she smoked. My father smoked. My Aunt Zilla, I know, did not smoke. And I can't remember if my Uncle Danny did or not. But I remember a funny story about being at my grandmother's house one day. And everybody was out on the front porch or a lot of us were my grandmother was in the house and she did not approve of her daughter hannah smoking uh, i get it was okay if my dad smoked i guess because he was sitting out there having a cigarette my aunt hannah was sitting there having a cigarette and they heard my grandmother walking coming out the front door my aunt hannah hurriedly handed my dad her cigarette so he's got one in each hand now holding him down by his sides and of course you know you think you're going to fool your parents but as they weren't fooling anybody my grandmother remarked geez Manoa I didn't know you were smoking them two at a time now so there was a lot of wit in our family we had a lot of kidding and a lot of fun there were many many good times talking about the smoking thing my grandmother and grandfather's house had a a large porch with big columns around it and it was on two sides of their well it was on the front of their house and then wrapped completely around one side of their house my grandmother at least after my grandfather had died i don't know about before this but she had a live-in housekeeper by the name of alpha prater and Alpha Prater used to go around and sit around on that other side of the porch and smoke a corncob pipe. And when we were little kids, the porch was pretty high up off the ground. And we'd sneak around there, crawl on our stomachs around and watch Alpha smoking that corncob pipe for a while. And then we'd jump up and yell and get out of there quickly. One of the things I remembered, back in those days, you, you minded your parents very, you made sure and reminded your, minded your parents whatever they told you to do. And of course, that extended to your grandparents. And I do remember one time, though, and my grandmother must have been pretty elderly, and I was probably seven or eight years old, and I was up staying at her house. And I did something that I wasn't supposed to have done, and she told me she was going to catch me and give me a spanking, and I took off running and ran from her. And that's, that's the only time I ever remember running from one of my relatives. My grandmother was a pretty good gal. She didn't, she didn't tell my mom and dad, so I got away with it, I guess fortunately. Um, but that's... Uh, the the only other memory I have of my Aunt Hannah is I, when we did go to her house in Kansas City, which was not often, maybe only once or twice, she would fix me raw onions because I did like raw onions. And she always said, well, I've got this plate of raw onions for Mark. And, well, I was just a little kid, and I thought that was pretty special. My Aunt Zilla and Uncle Grover had moved back 
into Oklahoma from Montana, as I mentioned earlier, and they lived about three miles west of us. I used to get to go out and spend a night or two at a time with them, and it was more fun because they they treated me like a little kid and treated me pretty adult-like at the same time. One of the things they used to do, they always drank coffee for breakfast, and so they would pour me a cup about seven-eighths full of milk and about one-eighths full of coffee, and that would be my coffee that I'd drink with them. My, they had a, a beef cattle farm. They, they raised beef cattle and hogs. They they had a dog named Gabby, I remember, and I, I used to have a lot of fun. We'd sit around and talk and laugh and joke, and and just I always had a great time out staying with them. Then my Uncle Denny, Denny Burns the ball player. My Uncle Denny pitched in the major leagues for about three years. He pitched for the old Philadelphia Athletics, which were the forerunner of the Oakland A's as we know them now. He played for a very famous manager by the name of Connie Mack. He he was a pitcher and at they I've I've heard the story told that he did strike out Babe Ruth one time. They did not mention what happened the other times that he faced Babe Ruth, but I guess at one time he did, at least once he did strike him out. So my my Uncle Denny, to this day, I have relatives back in that part of the country, and they differentiate between my grandfather Dennis and my Uncle Dennis as my uncle was Denny Burns the ball player. I think that's kind of funny, but that's that's the way they do it. Uncle Denny married a girl from Shreveport, Louisiana, named Doris Clark, and they had three children. Doris Ann, who was my brother Mike's age, Virginia, who was my sister Mary Ann's age, and Clark, who was three years younger than me. They lived in Miami, Oklahoma, which was about 25 or 30 miles from us, which my Aunt Zilla and Uncle Grover moved to Miami. They sold their farm or leased it out one and moved to Miami around 1945, just before we moved to California in 1946. My father was from everything I've heard from other uncles and talking about this and about that. Liked to hunt a lot. I know he liked to fish a lot. Uh, they say he was one of the... My other uncle, my mother's brother, has told me he's the only man that he ever saw that when he was quail hunting and they got a covey of quail up, that could shoot four quail in front of him and turn and fire and shoot one behind him and get five quail with five shots. My uncle says he's the only man that he said that he had ever seen that could do that. And I guess they used to do a lot of hunting there and did a lot of fishing. We we lived, just like I said, we probably lived about 200 yards from Buffalo Creek. My dad loved to fish. He would take me fishing some when I was a little boy. Not a whole lot, but uh, he did take me some. Uh, 
my dad used to, I think, like to uh, gamble with dice. My dad has told me himself before he died that if he could throw dice on a blanket and you didn't make him hit a wall or some kind of a backboard with the dice, he could throw just about any number he wanted to throw on them. I know that sometime before I was born in 1936, and this was during the Depression years, and I guess work was very hard to come by. My father traveled west to Kingman, Arizona, where he found a job cooking in a, in a Harvey House restaurant. These used to be the 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 restaurants that were next to the railroad stations. I think they had some tie-in with the railroads that they had had an agreement to provide food for the people traveling on trains. Shortly after that, my mother and my brother and sister and I, and, and not me because I wasn't born yet, joined him in Kingman. Later on, he got a job working up on Boulder Dam, which was some miles out of Kingman. We lived in a boarding house there in Kingman, and on March 31, 1936, I was born there. Born Actually, I was the first one in the family to be born in a hospital. Two months after I was born, we moved back to Missouri. Now, I do know that we moved around to these places that I'd mentioned before, after I was born, to Hood River, Oregon, to Myrtle Creek, to Portland, and to Payette, Idaho. And, but at some point in time, before I was three years old, then we came back to Tiff City. The first house that I remember there in Tiff City, which the first of two for me, was right across the street from my grandmother and grandfather's house. We have a large picture of this house to if anybody were interested in seeing it. We had no indoor plumbing, we had no electric lights, but I all I can remember about it is I had fun. Of course I was just a little kid and I, I always had quite a bit of fun. We, uh, we had a well bat out in the back and I know that at some times I would be able to go out and draw water out of that well, out of a bucket, and pour it into a bucket that I would bring in the house to my mother. We we had a, once again, we were just a very short distance from Buffalo Creek, and there was a spring that ran into Buffalo Creek that was always in the shade, and we, and there was cold water in that spring, and we would keep our milk there. So that, uh, and probably our butter, so that we, it would uh, keep it fresh. <laughs> <laughs>